This is Real Business in Real Time with executive coach Dr. Mark Hinderleiter. Learn what C-suite execs and business leaders have learned in the real-time, real-world school of hard knocks. And now, here's your host, Dr. Mark Hinderleiter. Hi, this is Mark Hinderleiter. Welcome to Real Business in Real Time. I'm an executive coach and I hold a PhD in organization and management, but the truth is this. My greatest lessons in business came from the school of hard knocks when I was a senior vice president for a billion dollar global company. So the purpose of this show is for listeners to benefit from the real world experiences of successful men and women willing to share their greatest lessons. My guest today is Lindsay Matouche. Lindsay is the founder and CEO of Vario, a strategy, creative, and philanthropy agency. As CEO, Lindsay describes her role as chief visionary, primary strategist, and talent scout. Vario bridges the gap between strategy and creative to produce insightful marketing, brand, and advertising strategies. Their third division, philanthropy, helps foundations and companies design giving strategies that enhance the company's brand, inspires their customers, engages their employees, and ultimately makes a difference in their communities. And one last fun fact about Lindsay, she is the U.S. Women's National Paragliding Champion. So Lindsay, welcome to Real Business in Real Time. Thank you, Mark. I'm happy to be here. Looking forward to this conversation. Me too. Topic, it's one of my favorite topics. It's a great topic. It, and as an old uh, HR uh, exec, it's a topic that was always important to me. And, and today's topic is corporate social responsibility. And kind of the tagline with that I really like is doing better by doing good. So, Lindsay, I really love the strategy that kind of how you describe it, doing better by doing good. And I'd really love to hear your perspective on why this is a good strategy for business. Mm-hmm. You know, I think what we see is that many companies out there, most companies, do something in the vein yeah. of, quote, unquote, doing good, whether that's making donations, some of them have formal foundations, some of them do dollars for doers or engage employees in certain ways. There's, there's typically some element of community engagement or corporate social responsibility. Um, but what we see is companies are recognizing that by taking a more intentional and focused approach, they can take that impact to the next level. So the kind of three key trends that we're seeing are, number one, companies are becoming more strategic. Yeah. They are looking at a triple bottom line, right? How does it pay off for communities and for people? How does it pay off for the environment as well as uh, the financial bottom line? And it's, it's very quickly becoming a business imperative, uh, we see more and more that it's it's not a question of if you're going to do it, it's what you're going to do and how you're going to make it work, especially if uh, one of your targets is millennials. Yeah. Because as we see for the first time, millennials outpacing previous generations in terms of spending power, uh, they, they are blurring the lines more than any previous generation in terms of what they look for in the companies that they want to either A, work for, or B, support with their purchases. They're looking for, for that alignment. 
Yeah, I've seen it become a really important talent strategy, Lindsay, that uh, that the company has a purpose other than just making money for the shareholders, although that's important, uh, mm-hmm. to be sustainable. Uh, but but I see that research, too. And, and you know, uh, coming from the corporate world, I saw that with uh, the millennials that were on my team. They want to work for a company that does things that they're proud of and want to participate in. I think that's cool. Absolutely. We see, um, we boil it down to kind of three key reasons that we hear companies looking to make CSR work for them. The first of those is talent engagement and acquisition. This is not in priority order, but it's a huge deal. If you are, especially think about tech talent in our city. I live in St. Louis. In St. Louis right now, there it is a hot market for tech talent. Yep. There's a local tech company that allows their people to take, I can't remember how many days off a year to volunteer. They're encouraged to do pro bono work for nonprofits that they believe in, and they have zero turnover. We took a call from a company the other day who's saying, I can't recruit enough tech talent in this city. It's a very powerful recruitment strategy and engagement strategy. How do you keep them hooked and keep them connected to their passion while they're working for you? The second thing we see is is that customer engagement piece. Uh, Customer, client, patient, uh, however you describe them, their company is doing some very cool things to say, how can we use this idea of giving back as a meaningful way to connect with our customers, whether that's events that we do together so we're building relationships or whether that's just funding something that they believe in in a way that makes them feel more aligned with who you are as a company. And then the third thing we see is is brand affinity uh, by being more strategic, focused, intentional, and in how you're engaging with this. It can it can do wonders to buoy your brand or to set you apart from uh, the competition who's who's likely being less thoughtful than you. Yeah. Um, and we certainly see the research that says that uh, consumers will, by and large, spend more money on a similar service or product if they believe it's supporting a cause they believe in. So you just described some pretty tangible business benefits for doing good that really what I heard you say was impacts a brand positively. Consumers are now kind of paying attention to what companies mm-hmm. do you know, not just their product, but what they're doing, uh, you know, in the community. Certainly a great talent strategy. And mm-hmm. I think it's really powerful when I see, you just kind of described it, when I see companies do events with their customers, uh, yep. where the employee, a company's employees are engaged with, with their customers, doing yep. something in the community that's worthwhile. Boy, that's pretty powerful. I've seen that. And uh and boy, if that's not doing better by doing good, I don't, I don't know what is. It is. It's very powerful. And I, I think what companies, the, the light bulb goes off when you realize that, yes, CSR or, or some sort of corporate engagement, it should be good for the community. It should benefit the community or the cause you care about. But it doesn't have to be strictly altruistic. It can actually move business needles and be aligned with business imperatives or purposes. Uh, One of my favorite stories is a a, a large uh, financial institution, if I were to uh, drop their name, you would recognize them. And they realized, they did a study and realized that the greatest 
threat to their assets under management was uh, Alzheimer's, right, or, or some sort of um, – because it requires so much in long-term care, right, yeah. and the emotional impact on families and all of that. And so they said, okay, well, what if we stopped giving a little to a lot of different organizations, which is where most companies start, and what if we really put the stake in the ground on something that would seriously benefit our clients and, at the same time, buoy business? And so they started raising money to fund Alzheimer's awareness and research. They have a lobbying department that does some work for Alzheimer's causes. They have trained their advisors to spot for early onset, and they do runs and events. Like the, I can't remember what the name of the, the national race is that supports Alzheimer's, but they engage their clients and their team in that, and, and it's become this sort of flagship effort that has done quite a bit to buoy their brand and to say that they stand for something as a company instead of just saying, oh, yeah, we gave away $10 million last year or, uh, or something that's a little bit less ownable and, and maybe aligned with the purpose of the business. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's an example. <clears throat> I'd like to hear another one or two, but what I love about that example is it, it's related to the business. Uh, they are giving money, uh, but it's more than just giving money. It's engaging mm-hmm. people, you know, right. th- their advisors and yep. events and those kind of things. So yep. there's, there's a pride and an engagement factor. It mm-hmm. sounds like to me. Yes, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, any other uh, c- cool examples that uh, people would appreciate hearing about? Yes, I will tell you a range because I recognize we may have listeners who have B2C businesses, B2B businesses, big and small. And, and I would love for listeners to walk away thinking, well, whatever the size of my business, I can, I can engage meaningfully yeah. in a way that benefits my business. Uh, and my brand while benefiting the community. So yeah, we we don't have to be a Fortune 100 company to do this. Yes, we don't have to give away ten million dollars. We can yeah. we can do small things that have big impact, right? Okay. Uh, just by being a little more intentional. So uh, I'll tell you the story of a local carpet cleaning company. And Mark, can you guess the uh, number one reason that uh, people call a carpet cleaning company? Well, I'm going to come up with a blinding flash of the obvious uh, to clean their carpets. <laughs> yes, to clean their carpets because of pet stains. Oh, right. Pet, okay, got it. Uh huh. So they realize this is part of know your business, right? Which is where right. the brand and marketing strategy comes in. But they realize, okay, this is the number one reason that we get calls. What if we aligned with the consumer that we're serving? And so instead of giving a little bit to a lot, they started uh, a partnership with a local animal shelter where for every time you call the carpet cleaner, they will give $10 or something to the local animal shelter. They have a section on their website 
that uh, supports uh, the local animal shelter, holds up animals for adoption, says, hey, this is um, what this nonprofit's about. If you're interested, here's how you engage. They invite their customers out to do walks for this animal shelter. They have coupons at the animal shelter. It's just a really powerful way. If I'm going to call someone to clean my carpet, why wouldn't I call someone that supports something I care about, right? Small company, uh, but I think you could argue that that's outsized impact, um, and it's and it's much more focused, right? It gives them something that they can sink their teeth into and be proud of. I love uh, that. It really. Yes. What, what I hear you saying is that um, it really uh, connects in a very personal way with their client, uh, who is very often a pet owner. That, uh, yep. I, I love that strategy. It is just so right? smart. Simple. Yeah. Smart and yeah. build. What does it do? It builds loyalty, yeah. which is where the strategy comes in. I think that the biggest thing that I see companies struggle with is having a, a broad client base or a broad employee base, making those choices and choosing to focus, right? Choosing depth over breadth feels difficult, Right, because you're constantly, in some ways, expected by clients or by employees. If you fund this person's cause, you got to fund this other person's cause. Or if you're in the C-suite, there there can be a little bit of I scratch your back, you scratch mine. If I'm on this board, I want you to fund this. Or my wife's on this other board, I want you to fund this. And that can cause uh, that can cause people to feel stretched really thin. Uh, but we see that when you have a reason to say yes. It gives you a much more meaningful no. So you're not just saying, no, I don't fund that. I don't want to, or I can't tell you why, or we're out of money this year. But you're saying, you know, here's what we're real, what we've really committed to as a company. I love what you're about, but here's what we've committed our resources to so that we can make a greater impact. And then when you find those places to make a greater impact, um, you can celebrate that and own that. Another story, uh, it's a little bit bigger. We have a local company in St. Louis that I am very proud of. They're called Four Hands. They're a, uh, a local brewery. And they wanted to have this beer for the city. And so they launched uh, what's called the Citywide Brand. And each quarter, they pick a new nonprofit partner that gets a percentage of proceeds. And uh, they celebrate that that partner uh, throughout that quarter. And it, what what they're seeing evolve as the brand evolves is, oh wow, we can put this to work in even greater ways, right? We can use our brand to raise awareness for nonprofits that the average consumer might not know about. We can uh, develop a process to say, okay, how do we make the selection process? work harder for these nonprofits? Like what else can we employ in our toolbox because we're a well-loved consumer brand that could work on behalf of these nonprofits and maybe have even more impact than those dollars? And that's, um, that's a pretty powerful reason to choose to drink, uh, to choose to drink forehands, right? If you're out there and you're drinking a beer, why not uh, drink for a good cause, right? Drinking for a good cause. I, I just can't think of anything more fun than that. So, <laughs> but again, you know, what you're describing to me is just so smart. Um, 
of kind of understanding your customer, understanding your community, and figuring out how to connect the dots, you know, uh, to, to, to do something meaningful. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Well, and figuring out what's important to you, right? If it's talent uh, recruitment and engagement, if you really want to see it work there, what are some ways that they can engage? We see people doing dollars for doers programs, right? Where if you volunteer, you're a team member, the company will make some sort of donation on your behalf or matching grant programs or paid time off or loaned executives. There's all kinds of ways that, that companies are figuring out how to engage very diverse uh, employee bases in things that add value to them as people and increase the value that they experience and the pride they experience in working for that company. Yeah, that that sounds like a pretty smart talent strategy. Certainly. Yeah, yeah. Any other great stories? Uh, The stories kind of make this whole strategy just come to life. That's what I like about them. You know, they do. Um, I'll tell you one more that we did and then one that we didn't do, if you want to hear it, that I just sure. I think was incredible. Uh, so there's a, a local utility company that we have done some work for. And like many companies, as the company had grown, as leadership had changed, um, they had evolved into this place of having, I think it was 17 different focus areas that they funded. And they felt like they owed it to the community, right, to fund all these different areas. But they started to realize, okay, all of this incredible breadth of funding actually makes it difficult for us to know when to say yes and when to say no. Yeah. And it leaves impact on the table. What would it look like for us to develop some depth uh, and, and to sacrifice some of that breadth for depth. So we're in yeah. the process right now of helping them move down to somewhere between three to five focus areas. What we've done is look at, okay, what moves business needles for you? What are the markets that you need to engage? Uh, what are some of the political hotspots that we need to make sure we avoid? And then what is a, what is a community research show, right? There are certain parts of the city that are – uh, underinvested in, and what do they need that might align with the purpose of a utility company? So, of course, we're looking at some STEM initiatives, yep. but within STEM, which has a lot of attention right now, how do we find something that you can own, right? And if your goal is talent engagement, then maybe there's certain strategies that we might employ under STEM that allow us to have your your employees come out and teach for a day or come out and do projects in the classroom that create really meaningful experiences for employees at the same time buoy the brand in the community and give the nonprofit that they're partnering with something that they need to advance their work. Um, and I could go on and on about the uh, kind of five different focus areas, but that's a pretty cool example of a company saying, let me look at that intersection of where I thrive as a company, what the community needs, and find a sweet spot that, yeah. that meets my goals. Yeah, yeah. So that what you're describing to me is a thought process that's not unlike how you think about your business strategy, is you're exactly. really thinking about your 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 philanthropic strategy or your social responsibility strategy very strategically is what you're describing. Yes. There is a tremendous amount of money given away charitably every year. Yeah. And one of the questions that we like to ask is what what would happen if just a small percentage of that 
was given away with greater intentionality for greater impact. Because you're right, we have these types of strategic conversations when it comes to business dollars, when it comes to how we approach the strategy for our business or what sort of products we're going to launch or what consumers we're going to target or how we're going to spend marketing money. But when it comes to philanthropic dollars, we often throw strategy out the window. Why? Because we have the luxury to, right? That is something that we're choosing to do and it's a good thing. I don't want to discount that, but we do tend to oftentimes throw strategy out the window what if there's, um, I just pulled up the statistics, $428 billion given away charitably in 2018. Fantastic. What if 10% of that was given away with remarkable focus for greater impact? What's at stake? What's at stake for communities um, if those nonprofits could serve them better because businesses, individuals were committing to them in really meaningful ways? What's at stake for businesses, for employees? Um, if, if we held that with a higher degree of strategy and commitment, I, I think we could make a far greater impact on the world. Yeah, it sounds like it. You know, what, what I hear you saying in my experience, too, is, you know, most companies you know, want to do good things in their communities. They have good intentions, yeah. uh, but may not be as strategic as what you're describing. I'm, I'm curious, what mistakes... Um, have you seen companies make that really do have very good intentions, uh-huh, uh, but, uh-huh. but don't really get, you know, kind of the impact that they're looking for? Yep, yep. You know, I think the biggest mistake, I don't even know if you call it a mistake, but as we just discussed is more, what am I leaving on the table, right? What's Um, what is not happening that could be happening that could benefit my business or my team or my clients or my community if I were a little more strategic and focused. But beyond that, you know, I think we see a couple things. Uh, Usually it's companies falling victim to not having a clear process, uh, not having clearly defined focus areas or a clearly defined justification or rationale for why they do what they do, especially if you're in a rapidly growing company. You might see portions of your workforce typically that are closer to the C-suite that feel really engaged and really proud, but then large portions of your workforce disengaged or disenchanted. We're working with a construction company right now fairly sizable construction company that has grown very rapidly. We did a big, we're doing some work on their internal communications and their culture, their internal brand. And one of the things that we asked about was this whole area of engagement. The company offers quite a lot, but we found, number one, that many of their boots-on-the-ground workers weren't even aware that there were these other opportunities. And some who were felt like it was something that was reserved for the C-suite or those in corporate and not something that they were really invited to the table on. So it actually built up a little bit of animosity. Uh, We also see... If there's not a process or a reason for why these decisions are made, sometimes... um, People in the community, other business leaders, sometimes employees can feel like gifts happen at the whim of the C-suite. Yeah. And, uh, and, and then it becomes a game. How do you get someone who knows that guy or that gal and can influence them in a certain way? 
Uh, and and that, that kind of spreads often when people talk about how corporations or businesses spend their dollars. It uh, can lead to a little bit of disenchantment or in some cases a little bit of disrespect about how those places are engaging compared to how they could be engaging. Yeah. Yeah. Good intentions uh, sound like they can lead to a disenchantment, maybe at worst, but just missed opportunities is, is really kind of the big thing that I hear. Missed opportunities to really, you know, enhance your brand, missed opportunities to uh, engage your workforce and missed opportunities to communicate to customer base, you know, good things that are happening. That's right. And there's certainly books like uh, Toxic Charity or When Helping Hurts that talk about companies or people who are writing big gifts, if that gift isn't informed by what is actually needed on the ground, it can end up perpetuating mediocrity or doing more harm than good. Yeah. Uh, I think it's more frequent that we just see it be mediocre when it could have been incredibly powerful and, and life-changing and something that people were proud of. Uh, but we certainly see those cases where big gifts are made and, and they're not they're not moving needles. They may even be causing harm. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, for, for companies and leaders that are kind of listening uh, to this conversation and they see the value of corporate philanthropy and social responsibility, they may even be doing some things, but you know, maybe this conversation makes them realize that we're really not uh, enhancing the brand. We're really not mm-hmm. moving the needle. We're really not inspiring our customers, our employees, and they want to kind of take it to another level. What, what do you say to uh, somebody who's in a leadership role like that that really has an appetite for doing good yeah. and uh, benefiting their customers and their communities? Yeah, where do you start? Uh, we always say the first step is figuring out what are the goals that you have? How does how do your philanthropic goals align with your business goals? What do you want out of this? What are the priorities? We have people we have a worksheet we ask people to fill out, and we haven't actually ranked their priorities because usually people are like, oh, I want it all, right? Yeah. Um, but the process that you use both to define the footprint that you want to leave as a company and the process that you use to actually give away money or engage will vary dependent on what your goals are for employee engagement, recruitment, retention, for engaging with your customers, or for your brand. So it's really important to spend some time fleshing out why are we doing this at all. And then we ask people to start by, we call it building the box, right? What's the community need that actually matters, that the community actually embraces and needs so that you're relevant, What's the intersection of that and your business imperatives or your business goals or something that aligns with kind of your core competency? Once we've nailed that, we sort of build this box. And and we might also include what are any political sensitivities, what's anything we have to steer clear of, or some companies are a little more high profile, have to worry about how will this be perceived, and that can be a part of the conversation. Um, So we start with kind of building the box, what does it have to fit within? Then we might identify, okay, what are some focus areas that we want to consider? Is that early childhood education? Is that prairie restoration? Whatever that focus area is that's going to align um, or, or live inside that box, typically there's way more focus areas than people can make a dent in, right? And then we say, okay, if this is what fits within the box, who is going to help us decide, right? Is, it, is this going to be something we engage our clients or our consumers in? 
Is this something that we engage our team in helping us decide? Uh, or is this something that leaders are going to decide? Um, there's pros and cons to all of those. And you decide based on those goals we talked about to begin with. Once you've defined those focus areas, we talk about building what's called a theory of change or ultimately a strategy. What's the process we're going to use? Who are the decision makers? What are the opportunities for employees? What are the opportunities for executives? So once you've got that strategy, then we look at, okay, how does it work for brand or do we need to brand this effort? Is this, uh, is this going to have its own sort of name or campaign that we can all talk about, be proud of, sink our teeth into, whether it's internal like Dollars for Doers or whether it's external and it's a, a foundation or a fund associated with us or, or a big cause that we're hoping other people will engage in. Um, and then we communicate it and celebrate it. Sometimes we do a huge creative uh, activation. We have a creative director who's just absolutely one of the best in the business. And by wrapping some really strong creative around these engagement efforts, you can make people feel something and believe something or do something in a way that is much more engaging than just a page on your website that says, you know, how do we get back to the community? Yeah, this to me, what you're describing is you're engaging this this client company in a very strategic conversation that ends up with campaign, a launch, maybe a name, maybe a brand, but 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 it's a it's almost like executing a business. It's not almost. It's it's coming up with a business strategy and then executing it. That, that's what I hear you describing. It is. It is. Absolutely it is. We do some strategic planning with companies as well. Very similar conversation. I would say the difference between that and this conversation is, Mark, if I were to ask you what your most meaningful giving or volunteer experience is of all time, and you were to ask me the same question, we sat down and shared that with each other, we would have this whole deeper level of connection that we didn't have before we started, yeah. right? Yeah. And that's a that's a freebie to anyone listening. Asking that of your key employees, it, it's such a powerful way to build connectivity when you start asking people what their values are, right, or what kind of difference they want to make in the world or what debts of gratitude they have to pay or what breaks their heart or makes them come alive and why, you you arrive at this deeper level of communication that strengthens relationships. So there's a part of this process that's very team building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that because what I hear you describing is is you're engaging people, whether that's your customers or your your employees, in a way that uh, that touches the heart. Right. That's where passion comes from. That's where commitment comes from uh, is is purpose. So that's I love that. That's right. And then you have it all right. The, The cool thing about this conversation is you get it all. You get to do something that's great for business. That's great for your brand, great for your employees and makes a difference in the community, which increases your personal sense of fulfillment and joy in what you're doing. Yeah. And pride. Great, great, great conversation. Uh, we we could go on for at least another hour, and that's before we talk about paragliding. So, <laughs> so I'm gonna, at the end, I'll uh, ask you to kind of give your contact information and website. But one more question okay. for you, Lindsay. I'm kind of switching gears here a little bit. So you're a business owner. Um, I you're the, am. You're the founder. You're the CEO. You're the owner of your company. One of the questions I ask all my guests is, 
So, you know, what's the greatest lesson you've learned from the School of Hard Knocks that you don't get from a book yeah. or, uh, yeah. you know, uh, for formal education? What, what's your greatest lesson from running this business? You know, Mark, I think I have two. Okay. Um, the first, can I share two? Is that allowed? Absolutely, yeah. Okay. The only thing better than one great lesson is, or, is two. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um, the first, the first employees, no question. My business is all about people, right? And the incredible talent. I, just, I tell everybody I'm just a talent broker. I'm finding and recruiting incredible talent, creative, strategic, philanthropic talent, and then bringing that to bear for clients that we believe in, right? And so that rises or falls on people. And I believe that the biggest mistakes that I've made in business have been um, hiring fast and firing slow instead of uh, fire fast, hire slow. Yeah. I, I, I think the, the two or three that I look back on, you know, the last decade of business, the two or three biggest mistakes that I have made have been hanging on too long when I knew it wasn't work yeah. or it wasn't working. And then after I let go, realized, oh, wow, this had toxic ramifications for my entire team. I did it out of care for this person, yeah. uh, but I knew long before I pulled the trigger. And, and I think that leads to the second one, which is trusting my gut. You know, I'm a, I'm a young leader, and I think I sometimes look for you know, waiting until it's crystal clear or waiting until all the data is there, waiting until everyone agrees with me instead of trusting my gut a little bit more and recognizing that that entrepreneurial bent that has gotten the company to where it is uh, is going to carry us forward. I think that's a big lesson I've been uh, learning. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. I've made those mistakes also thinking I was doing the right thing, but, uh, you know, we live and learn. So great lessons for entrepreneurs, great lessons for folks in the corporate world. So thank you for sharing those. So last thing, uh, you know, a great conversation. Um, How can listeners who are interested in your company's expertise, how do they find you, Lindsay? Sure. They can check out our website at hellovario.com. That's hello, V-A-R-I-O.com. Okay. Or reach out to me directly at lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, at hellovario.com. Okay. Awesome. I know folks can find you on LinkedIn also. Uh, so, uh, Lindsay, great conversation. Thanks for sharing your expertise. I think it's awesome what you're doing. When I, when I see companies doing what you describe, when I see them do it well, it is so powerful for their brand, yeah. for their community, for their customers, and for uh, employee engagement. So I really applaud what you're doing. So thanks for, thanks for your time. Thanks a lot for letting us share, Mark, and for doing this uh, hard but important work of letting business owners and entrepreneurs learn from each other. Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, thanks for your time, for your wisdom, for your lessons learned, and thanks for listening, everyone. So kind of my last message to you is great podcasts are the new MBA. So thanks for listening. Thank you, Lindsay. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on Real Business in Real Time with executive coach Dr. Mark Hinderleiter. Be sure to connect with Mark Hinderleiter on LinkedIn, check out his leadership tip of the week, and subscribe to this podcast on the app of your choice. 
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.